This Al Harrington edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. The casinos are closed in Las Vegas, but MyBookie.ag is open for business, esports, international soccer, and a free ten thousand dollar blackjack madness tournament. Use the promo code SGP and get up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets. MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie. We're also brought to you by Simply Safe. Simply safe home security is like getting commercial grade enterprise level security, but for your own home, go to simplysafecom slash SGP to get free shipping on your order. Plus a 60 day money back guarantee. That's S I M P L I safe.com slash SGP to save on home security today. We're also brought to you by Hawthorne. Hawthorne are the makers of customized cologne, shampoo, and body wash. That's H A W T H O R N E D. <laughs> We're also brought to you by Hawthorne. Hawthorne are the makers of customized cologne, shampoo, and body wash. That's H A W T H O R N E dot C O and use code SGP to get 10% off your purchase. Hawthorne dot C O, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Finally, we're brought to you by Prop Swap. You don't have to go to Vegas to buy Vegas bets. Prop Swap is available in many states where there is no sports betting. Use the promo code SGP and you get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's propswap.com, promo code SGP. You're listening to the Sports Gambling Podcast exclusively on SGPN. Everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan. Real money, Kramer. What's happening, Kramer? Dog. Everything's. Ha- I'm not sure how clear, how high def this new fancy camera is, but there appears to be a low pressure system moving across <laughs> the studio. Maybe teasing ahead to our guest, but our guest. Well, of course, if you're watching the video, YouTube.com/slash Sports Gambling Podcast, you'll see a photo. Of the great Al Harrington, he's a uh, 16-year NBA vet. Good dude. Just finished the interview with him. He started his own cannabis company. A uh, lot of fun. Uh, some great stories in there. And uh, looking forward to, to for you guys to hear the interview. Pretty awesome. Ryan Crowbarred in a lot of. Uh, hey, I'm also from Jersey. References that are fun. Uh, listen, I'm not going to interview a guy from right down the road in Essex, <laughs> New Jersey. Played for Saint. I didn't want to bring this up. It's it plays for one of the saint schools in, in the, in the state of the great state of New Jersey. The funny thing is I think he's lived the exact same life as me other than the pro sports other, career, yeah. other than he, the fact that he's six, seven, he now lives in Cal. Well, a lot of similarities, uh, <laughs> athletic, good outside game, compl- 
can play, but he also made the migration yeah. from well, New Jersey to Southern California. I believe he lives. He's up there with everyone else in the Calabasas uh, Valley area. So uh, I also get the sense um, in listening and reading materials about him. He's not exactly repping New Jersey anymore, much like me. Yeah. I you think there's a right now, 15 years removed, which he's similar age to me. He's realizing that all the stereotypes are true. No <laughs> offense to the guineas and the, and the Irish and the ha yeah. happy belated St. Patrick's day, by the exactly. way, exactly. It's a baby fucking wheel, man. If you missed uh, yesterday, we put out a podcast with Boston capper breaking down the news that Tom Brady was no longer going to be a Patriot. While we did that, we actually had breaking news later on the podcast that he had signed with the Tampa Bay bucks. Well, of course, Sean, he couldn't sign. Oh, not was, until today. Yeah, not the, until when the official tampering Which, period. Can, can we talk about this for one quick? I know we do this every year, but why? What's the point? What is the point of having everything reported before it actually can happen? Yeah, why not just have signing day be one day? What is the value of these two days? Is this like how like gives teams the ability to figure <laughs> out who they're signing so they can clear the cap space. Like, is it one of those, it, it must be some weird, like legal technicality thing because it, other than that, it makes no sense. Anyway. So we just uh, checked out that podcast. We're going to be doing a mega free agency pod, breaking down all the moves, grading all the moves. Once everything shakes out, of course, Philip rivers now on the Colts, San Diego, superchargers. Charge. Do we wait to talk about the Eagles? And and the future, the impending doom in the locker room, letting Malcolm Jenkins go. Well, yeah, I, I think we save all of our big picture takeaways for a, a free agency megapod. But uh, yeah, I'm disappointed they weren't. Got to be a little out. nervous about that one. We know Carson Wentz, a documented non-leader, <laughs> a documented player who does not have the entire locker room behind him. He does now, Ryan. The snakes were driven out. Alshon Jeffrey will not be back. The Eagles are rallying around and it's time. The Eagles need to get younger. They need to get faster. I love Malcolm Jenkins. Great player, great on and off the field right up there with Dawkins. As far as just like uh, epitomize what a great Philadelphia safety means. Uh, so it's, it's a big hole to fill. The Eagles have a ton of cap space. still. I still think there's a couple moves up. Uh, Howie, Howie Rosen sleep. We'll see. Don't want to get too deep into it, but as someone who's watched the giants, at their best and watch them now during some of their worst, the biggest gap, the gap was simply those non on field leaders. Granted it helps when they're starters, but Antonio Pierce was value, not because he was valuable, not because he was a super smart middle linebacker. Cause he was slow. You could beat him. He was, he was the weak spot of that defense back then but he was a leader because of what he did with the players. They all bought in. And I have a feeling that Malcolm Jenkins caused that team to buy when they went on their run. I have a sneaky suspicion. He had a lot to do with the buy-in of the locker room. And when guys like that just leave, it's tough. We'll see. Uh, every team goes through this. Every team needs to get rid of the old guys, bring in new guys. So big hole to fill when it comes to leadership role of Malcolm. Oh, you got the memo this morning. Good. You're, you're I have the talking positive points. spin is happening. We're, we're happy to see him go, but also uh, we're worried a little bit. Ryan, speaking of positive spin, perfect time to talk about our presenting sponsor, my 
You want some positive spins? Head over to their virtual roulette table. <laughs> Live dealers. It's it's just so much fun. Uh, Vegas casinos are shut down. The only way you can gamble right now, uh, unless you know someone who has a secret underground casino, is to go to mybookie.ag. Get up to one thousand dollars in that first deposit bonus when you use the promo code S. GP and uh, these uh, live dealers, couple babes in there, casino babes, and I'm seeing a uh, man. There's just tons of great. Uh, I mean, they. If you really have cabin fever, you're really looking to hashtag DJ only. They have online war. That's right. You can face off in a virtual war. Single deck blackjack, uh, baccarat. I mean, it's it's pretty fun. So check it out. Mybookie.ag promo code SGP to play when you get paid. Sean, I'm a little ashamed to admit it, but I, I did watch a decent amount of the marble racing. <laughs> it made me want to go out to a toy store and construct my own yeah. track. Well, As a kid, Sean, no bullshit. Last time my parents came to visit me, they brought they bought a box of shit mainly for the kids. But one of the things in there was a notebook I had when I was a kid, probably like six, seven, eight years old, where I methodically timed every matchbox car I had down a track, just a gravity based track. And I, I had pages of data timing these cards mm. zoom to the zoom to the present. <laughs> it's where, where, where the origin started. But I say all of that to say with all of this time to, to look at things that aren't real because there's nothing happening in the real world. I've found myself as I've been in the lab, as I've been working to develop a solution for the DJs only to give hmm. some all sort of, of us, some sort of bracket where we can watch games. Not only content to watch, not only pools to join, potentially even live gambling action to bet on, and of course, more excuses to spend time with your boy, real money Kramer. Uh, I've been really noticing how realistic the cheerleaders look in some of these uh, simulations well, and, and, uh, and the dance moves. I mean, come on. You want to talk about the gameplay looking real. They must've studied some actual <laughs> hot chicks who can dance. Well, and why dudes, they put dudes in there too. Cause you know, it's, we're it's, it's progressive. We, uh, you're talking about the virtual cheerleaders. And I, I was watching that same game. We're figuring out possibly a system for a bracket. Possibly. Allegedly. Definitely. But <laughs> I cannot confirm reminds, nor deny. We just want to get all the dots, you know, <laughs> the eyes crossed, eyes dotted before <laughs> we officially announce it. It reminded me, Ryan, of a Tecmo Super Bowl, mm -hmm. where there was certainly when they would, if you remember the game, there's a moment where they throw the cheerleader up <laughs> and then her little, her skirt comes up and you can see like underneath there. And then I reminded myself that the game was created by Japanese who are notoriously super horny, especially for uh, women's oh underwear. My. So uh, it just, it just took me back. But before we get to the Ally Harrington interview, which we will get to in just two seconds, Update on the bites bracket, Elite Eight. We got Shinebox, Gus Gasm, Baby F and Whale, Disgusting Act, San Diego Superchargers moved on, Long wow. Cox. There are only two spots left to uh, punch wow. your ticket to the Elite Eight. And right now, today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we have Madden Penetration squaring off against Hot, Hot, Hot. Mm -hmm. I, I think Madden Penetration 
He's one of those guys who will get penetration. He's just going to cruise past hot, hot, hot. I, I don't, I don't, I think this is going to be the biggest. I mean, shine box one 80 to 20. I was going to say, I think it's going to be the biggest blowout. Maybe not, but I think it's a comfortable win for bad and penetration. Uh, yes, but I, I think, I think if we get the video of Randy Marsh out there, okay, that's going to add some value. I want to see a, a nail biter here, Sean. Can we bring it back to the recent victor, the first, the first non-chalk to make the mm. elite eight, and that's Justin Decker, San Diego Superchargers. They love hearing that man sing. Looking at my bracket right now, Sean, I have him. I think he upsets. Mr. John Gruden. Wow. I have him You're going to the final four. You're I had him in my it. bracket going to the final four. I am still in second place, Sean. This is getting unbelievable. This would be so on brand for the Kramer <laughs> FML tour. You win the, the one prize you're not eligible the, for. The, the bracket I finally dominate is worth absolutely zero dollars in my pocket. Sean, you are tied for 13th place yourself. Okay, not bad. Perhaps when you're the committee. And when all the the <laughs> one through four seeds are making it as you predicted, uh, you just need to pat yourself on the back. Now, of the people who are actually eligible, Mindy Miller, first mm. place, two hundred sixty points. That's wow. pretty impressive. S- second place with with your boy Ryan, real money Kramer, Robbie Higby, mm. and then quickly fourth place Scott Mickelson, Jack O'Flattery, nice. Irish name there, Richard Wire, Mark Winkleman, Cash Juno. We like Cash Juno. Nice Twitter uh, community contributor, Josh Bink Bixler, Tony Ridoff, something or other, Carl Restivo, Kevin Boland, all in fourth place. So a lot of people still in the mix for that actual cash prize. Five hundred dollars. Sean, we hard cash. Last thing I'll say about this: when we started the bites bracket. We we knew it was a genius idea. Yes, we did. Uh, but we did not know that it was going to grow into <laughs> the first post cancel. What do we call that day? The first day that the post end of the world bracket. We yeah. were the first post. We already had the non sports bracket ready <laughs> to go and already put out a cash prize. We're going to add to that in the future coming days. Stay tuned, of course. Get your votes in at Gambling Podcast. Oh man, about to get into the uh, Al Harrington interview in just a second. Want to give a quick shout out to Simply Safe. I mean, now's the time, right? You got you got some time to kill. Perfect time to set up your own home security system, and it's easy to do. That's what's great about Simply Safe, Ryan. You're not a guy who's going to be running wires, drilling holes. Sure, you could. But Simply Safe makes it super easy. Uh, you don't need some crazy installation. You can set it up yourself. Only takes like 30 minutes at the most. Cool thing about Simply Safe again, visual evidence, video evidence, much like the NFL, they give you video. Yeah. Indisputed visual evidence is given to the police, and that results in uh, 350% faster dispatch times. That's huge. I mean, if a lot of times the police, they get a burglar alarm, they're like, all right, I'll get to it when I get to it. But if you describe the suspect, give them indisputable visual evidence, they can't overturn it. They got to head out simply safe, comprehensive protection for your home. And uh, again, if you got kids, just great to have the cameras around, keep an eye on them, keep an eye on who's coming and going in the house, 50 cents a day with no contracts, hit them up, go to simplysafecom slash SGP. 
Get free shipping on your order and a 60 day money back guarantee. That's S I M P L I safe.com slash S G P to save on home security today. Simply safe.com slash S G P joining us on the line, 16 year NBA vet and co-founder of Viola, the cannabis company, Al Harrington. Al, how you doing, man? I'm good. Tell us how y'all doing. Doing great. Excellent. Uh, very excited to talk to a uh, a fellow lover <laughs> lover of the the herb, uh, a bit also fellow small business owner. So we're very excited to have you on. Thanks, man. I'm happy to be, you know be on here with you guys today. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh it's cool you basically transition from your your career in the NBA to owning and creating co-founding uh, your own cannabis company. Uh, let's go back a little bit though. When did you first start using marijuana? Man, the first time I ever tried it, uh, I was actually in Phoenix, Arizona with my team uh, when I was playing on the Warriors. Oh, really? And uh, we had got bounced out of the playoffs because uh, the Clippers that beat uh, the Nuggets had beat the Clippers, and we had, the, we had the same record. And I think that you know we had a tie record, but they the tiebreaker went to them. So we were all kind of frustrated, you know, sitting in, you know, sitting in this restaurant, and everybody was like, "Shit, let's just go back to my language." Everybody said, "Let's go back to the hotel and smoke." And uh, they was like, "Al, you smoking tonight? Tonight, you know, <laughs> we, we out, the season over, what you got to lose, type thing." <laughs> so that was the first time I tried cannabis, and uh, obviously they gave me something very strong because I was so paranoid that night. <laughs> And I was just like, you know what? I'll never smoke again, <laughs> or whatever. So that was, so that was, that was actually my first time ever smoking uh, weed was that was that night. Uh, Sean, as you know, I, I'm very much into the cannabis, and I've been that I've been that Sherpa for a lot of people on their first <laughs> trips. And that's messed up if they went too strong for you, because that paranoia. I, I've had friends essentially give it up the next day, like you're describing and stick to that based on the extreme paranoia of one bad night. So, so, so Al, you kudos went, to you for keeping it going. Yeah. Al, you went from saying you're never going to try weed again to now owning a weed <laughs> company years later. What, what kind of changed your mind along the way? Well, it's funny too. Like, you know, all the guys, uh, like all my teammates that smoke, there's any of the guys throughout my whole career, because believe it or not, like the smokers, I've never hung out with them. Like, you know, even they were my guys, like, you know, they go to smoke, I go do my own thing. You know what I'm saying? So every time they see me now, they're like, yo, you're the weed guy. They're like, you <laughs> of all people, how, how are you the guy? You know what I'm saying? So, but, uh, you know, for me, um, you know, when I changed my stance on cannabis was back in 2011, when my grandmother came to see me play, uh, when I was playing for the Denver Nuggets and, uh, when she got to my, you know, to my condo, she started taking all this medication. So I just asked her, like, Grandma, why are you taking so much medication? What's going on? And she started giving me a list of the things that she was dealing with. One of the things was glaucoma. And, like, two days before that, I was reading a, a newspaper article about the benefits of cannabis on glaucoma patients. And I started telling her about what I was reading. And, like, you know, I didn't really know a lot. It was just, you know, stuff that I read, like I said, and, you know, and finally she asked me, what is cannabis? Because I kept referring to it as cannabis. And I was like, marijuana, weed. She was like, reefer? She was like, boy, I ain't smoking no reefer. You're out your mind. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, whatever, grandma. So she shut me down. So the next day I came home from shoot around and she was in the kitchen and she was complaining about her eyes and saying how bad they hurt. She could barely see. So I was like, well, look, why don't we just try the cannabis and it'll be our secret. We won't tell nobody. And uh, she was like, you know, I'm in so much pain today. I'll try anything. 
I called a friend of mine who I knew that had a cannabis card. He went to the dispensary. They recommended it. Vietnam Kush. So we bought it back. We so you, you, you started off grandma with Vietnam Kush. On a Kush, bro. Like, because you don't think, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? Yeah. So we vaporized it for in a volcano bag, <laughs> take her in the garage. All right, all things. I got to smoke in a volcano bag and everything. <laughs> so she smoked it out the volcano bag, um, hit it three or four times, and then I could see just her disposition, how she started to relax. I was like, okay, she might be getting too high. So I was like, all right, Grandma, that's enough. And I took her downstairs. I went and took a nap. So when I got up from my nap, I went to half late. I said, let me go check on to make sure she's not like climbing the walls or having the experience that I had. So when I go downstairs, the door's closed. So I knock on the door, poke my head through the door, and her back is to the door, and she's looking down. And I'm just like, Grandma, how you feeling? And she turned around, and she was crying tears. She said, I'm healed. She said, you know, I haven't been able to read the words of my Bible in over three years. So she was downstairs reading her Bible, um, you know, after she tried cannabis, you know, for the first time ever in her life. And uh, I tell people all the time, like, my grandmother, like, if she's not going to heaven, we're all going to hell for sure. You know what I'm saying? We don't have a shot. And, uh, yeah, so that's how I started. That's how, that's what inspired me to start my company. That, talk about how trippy the Bible could be if you were too stoned, <laughs> especially first time on a Kush. She was living that thing. So, that, I mean, that that's an awesome story. I also, I mean, it, it it is super funny that the guy who wasn't super into weed has become the the weed guy, and I'm guessing that's a little bit more to do with the business acclimate. How how did I, I'm always curious because it it does seem I, I played uh, high school sports with a guy who went went pro in football, and and it seems like there's all sorts of this opportunity out there to 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 gain a, a, a understanding of how the business world works. It just seems like most most athletes don't take advantage of it. How, what got you into that world? Um, you know, just, I mean, from entrepreneurship, I mean, I've always, you know, I've always uh, liked business just in general, right? And I always, I always had a passion of, like, making money, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it starts there, right? And then, um, you know, obviously coming into money at, at such a young age and, you know, having advisors and different things like that, you know, I was lucky to get an advisor that, was an older gentleman that, you know, that, um, you know, kind of helped me along the way with trying to figure out, you know what I'm saying, how to invest in different things like that. And one of the things he's always challenged me for, because obviously, you know, you get so many opportunities, people are always knocking on your door with opportunities, different things that you can invest in and stuff like that. And, you know, he would always tell me, like, you know, do your own research, you know what I'm saying? Why should you invest? You know, why does this make sense? Different things like that. And it laid a foundation for me so that when I saw deals and stuff like that, I kind of knew how to vet them, you know what I'm saying? And to realize what was good and what, and what wasn't. And, you know, um, and I was able to take that into cannabis too, because it was like, obviously, you know, this is an industry where, you know, it wasn't a lot of vetting that you could do, right? You know, a lot of times in cannabis, which sucks is most people that you deal with, they never really say they are, right? So that's also another challenge that you deal with just, you know, within the space, you know, in general. So, you know, for me, it was just a lot of ups and downs, bumps and bruises. Um, but, you know, the one thing that I was able to do was stick with it, right? I, I never gave up, you know, and, and, and it was a lot of times, you know, in my journey of, you know, getting to where I am to now where it was easy for me just to give up, you know what I mean? But I didn't, and I just realized that, you know, the same way I was able to, you know, lay a foundation to be able to play 16 years in the NBA, which was through hard work and dedication, I was able to do the same thing, you know, in this industry. 
And, you know, I always, you know, I, I, that's the reason why I feel like I'm having the success that I'm having now. Well, it, and it's always good to see a positive, someone who produces output as a user, because the, obviously the biggest stereotype that a stoner has is they're lazy. So I think, you know, whether it's you or any of these other kind of upstart industry starters, it, it's cool to kind of start brushing that reputation of uh, uh, someone who uses weed as someone who is just a leech on society and just going to be <laughs> a lazy dude eating Cheetos and playing video games. So right. No, nah, that's a fact, man. I mean, that's why, and you know, seriously, like that's the reason why I do what I do. You know what I'm saying? That's why, you know, I, I advocate the way I do because, you know, it's all about humanizing the plant and, and changing the stigma, right? You know, uh, I was able to play in the big three two years or a year ago, and I played the first two seasons. I dominated the two seasons, and, you know, I used cannabis the entire time. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Not only that, yeah, you know, I raised my kids, dad, the whole, th- you know, it's the whole thing. Yeah, real quick to to using cannabis and playing basketball. We hear stories of NBA players, you know, getting high before games. It helps them focus, dial them in. I tried using weed before a rec league game <laughs> once. It was a complete disaster. Did you? And it sounds like you did you use before the game, or did you use it as pain management? Where does that come into play of a professional athlete? And is it true that guys do use it before games? Yeah, so um, so when guys say before games, you know, I think you got to put it in perspective, right? So what I mean, so I think that when guys like I use a Matt Barnes, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm very, you know, I know his story, you know, very intimately, right? When he say before games, he means like after shoot around, he smokes, takes his nap, you know what I'm saying? Wake up, eat, drive to the game, you know, get to the game two hours before, work out, prepare, then play the game. That's when he said smoke before game. That's what he means, right? Oh, okay. Um, I don't think any guy sits and you know sit in the car <laughs> and smoke a joint, or you know thirty minutes before before tip off, run into their car and smoke as much as they can, and then go back into play. You know what I'm saying? That's not what they mean when they say that. The one thing I can say is with the big three, right? <laughs> one game we played in Toronto. Um, I was not going to play in that game. Um, because I wasn't feeling that good. Um, I was like, you know, I'm not going to play this game. So the whole day before the game, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I went to a little day party. I actually was smoking with the guy, you know, with some of my other friends that was in Toronto. And by the time I got back to the hotel, you know, take the, the shuttle over to the game, I felt like I could play. I felt good. And, um, so that's the first time that I could say that, that I actually, you know, consume cannabis before I went and played in the basketball <laughs> game, like, you know, within two hours of the game. And I'm not going to lie, I felt great. I felt um, I felt like I was moving a little bit faster. <laughs> I wasn't as hesitant. Like, the one thing I can say is, like, as I played and stuff, I would always be somewhat hesitant just because I would move, make moves, not wanting to get hurt. But I kind of let it all go, and I just played. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So in that, zone. that was the first time that I ever, you know, actually consumed right before playing, and actually felt good. But that was the only time. It was only in the big three. I never did it, obviously, playing in an NBA game, and I and I wouldn't promote that for players. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know, we want to be all that we can be. You know, it just it doesn't make sense to go get high and then go try to play against Kevin Durant. Right? <laughs> well, and because I, and you I, put yourself, you're already at a major disadvantage <laughs> sober. So I just don't see guys doing that. And I always say the same thing. Like, you know, guys don't get drunk before games. You know what I'm saying? So I think that they, I don't test, think, I know there's a level of professionalism for all all players that, you know, they respect their craft. They respect their com- opponents too much to, you know, go and put themselves at a disadvantage by getting high before games. 
Yeah, you were. I was listening to the up uh, the all the smoke podcast that uh, Matt Barnes does with Steven Jackson when you were a guest and you were talking about guarding Yao Ming and imagine <laughs> guarding Yao Ming while high. That would just be, I mean, oh it's hard enough. <laughs> yeah. You, That's I, what you call a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting. We're talking NBA and, and kind of the connection to marijuana, the NBA, the players association, they asked uh, the league if they would not drug test for marijuana during this hiatus we're kind of in weird times overall. I mean, this whole hiatus thing, uh, but also just the fact that so many teams play in states where it's completely legalized recreationally. Do you see them eventually? Like, how many years do you think it's before they just stop testing completely for marijuana in the NBA? Um, I think I think it's going to be very soon. Um, you know, sooner than people think. Um, I think that with the MLB um, not testing any longer, the NFL no longer suspending, but you know, I still don't understand why they still testing. Yeah, what that makes um, no sense. Yeah, that, I'm like, you know, why are they still testing if you know if it's done, it's done. Like, you know, what I'm saying why I go through that, but uh, you know, I think that the NBA is definitely on on a path, you know, to that to getting there. Uh, I, I would guess within the next 12 months, to be honest, I think it's going to be moving a little faster. But I think that one thing I will say, I think that the whole thing about not testing right now um, while we're on this, while the league is on this hiatus is more about having, you know, these uh, administrators of, you know, of, the, of the, the kits or whatever coming into players' homes, you know, while, you know, while we have this social uh, distance requirement and stuff like that. I don't think it has anything to do with them changing their policy. So I wouldn't get that excited yet. Well, and I—I I mean, they have—they have to, right? I think when baseball does something, when the other leagues are doing something that baseball isn't, it looks bad. But also, Sean, you know, as as I work in the technology space, and you know, you can now go work for the government, you can work for the NSA, you can work for the FBI, and smoke weed. So it it is it is getting to a place where it feels a little bit old white guy. Uh, like the NFL still testing for it. Feels yeah, what a is, little what old Roger white Goodell guy. Just want like a list of people who smoke weed. What? Why are you Because you know testing? who's popping edibles left and right? Jim Irsay, right? The the owner of the Colts. He's right. definitely getting involved in that. <laughs> yeah. Why not? You know, when me and my wife are yeah. uh, the kids are to sleep, we're gonna go watch a movie. There's edibles in play. I'm sorry, this is America. Well, and, and especially, I mean, it's a huge issue in the NFL of players getting you know tied into opiates. Oh. I mean, cannabis is much safer when it comes to pain management. And, and that kind of stuff. Uh, well, that's the other side of the coin. The science is catching up now, and there's enough information out there. And, and I think, to your point, like that—that's the angle. And, and I think the uh, the 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 approach of saying, like, "Hey, these these are bad things." You pointed out earlier, alcohol, Al. But the the other side of that coin is the pain management through opiates. And and I I think the leagues would be silly not to open their eyes and accept accept science. Yeah, yeah and I mean, at the end of the day, like they always preach that they care about players' safety first and our well-being. So you know, and the thing that you know, I'm, we're not saying that cannabis will cure all, but all we're saying is that the players should have access. And at the end of the day, if a player can manage his pain through smoking a joint or eating edibles over taking the opiates and different things like that, why not allow that? Why not have that available to them? You know what I'm saying? If you're really putting, you know, their well-being first. Yeah. Now your, your company Viola, does it, uh, do you have specific strains products for pain management? Do you, how, how do, what, uh, do you specialize in a particular angle as far as the cannabis industry, or is it just wide ranging depending on what kind of experience you're looking for? 
Yeah, yeah, we're more wide range depending on the experience you're looking for. But I also have a CBD company that, that I, you know, I would, you know, I created. It's created by athletes for athletes, so it's called Replay Hemp Extract. And you know, we have uh, topical tinctures, capsules, uh, all THC free. Um, it was, you know, I use these products. That was the reason why I was able to play the two years. I was able to play in the big three was because of these products. So, um, you know, those are my first, it's my first line of products, uh, that, you know, I've made for athletes and, uh, you know, that's what I'm trying to get, you know, into the professional locker rooms is is this, this, this line of products. Now it it does feel like that is the gateway, right? I mean, that's essentially how I got my, uh, my wife on, on, (laughs) on the cannabis lifestyle was, Hey, you're dealing with some pain. Why don't you try this CBD stuff? And then I slowly started introducing the THC. Uh, do you, do you think the league, like I could see a wor- version where the league is totally cool with your CBD only stuff, but like, do you think the THC is that close as well? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I think that, you know, I always felt like CBD was kind of the, uh, you know, the, the first barrier to be broken through, you know what I'm saying? Just getting, you know, uh, the fan base uh, comfortable with, knowing that players are using some form of cannabis, right? Because, you know, you have to kind of peel back the onion slowly, right? But I think that, you know, with the science that's around, you know, I think that it's proven that THC uh, needs to be a part of the the, the the package, right? When you talk about, you know, treating for uh, uh, inflammation and recovery and different things like that. So, um, you know, I, I believe that, you know, when they do allow it, they will allow both. And uh, like I said, I think it's sooner than later. Now, with that, with everyone kind of locked down, hanging out in quarantine, spending a lot of time with their loved ones, getting cabin fever, trying to not lose their mind, is there is there a particular cannabis product you may recommend <laughs> for kind of these times yes, where we're yes, cooped up yes, inside? I got it, Viola. <laughs> yeah, Viola. Get to a get to a store near you. Any sort of Viola, <laughs> we're in four markets. You know what I'm saying? We're in California, Oregon, Michigan. In uh, California, and yeah, you can get it. I, I guarantee you, it'll help you get cabin fever for sure. Yeah, that's that's I, the dream right now. I gotta shift gears a little bit uh, as a New York Knicks fan. It would be behoove me to ask you. You, of course, were a member of the Pacers, kind of at the tail end of that that legendary era of, in the NBA. I, I believe you played with at least one of the Davis brothers. When you watch the league both. today, d- both okay, even better. Two of two of the hardest. I mean, I was a big fan. So Oakley and Mason versus the oh, Davis man. brothers. That was as good as it gets. When you watch the game today, even though you were a dude who would one hundred percent succeed today because you were you were a three ball shooter, ahead a big of guy time. ahead of your time. But when you watch the game today, do, like does it make you feel good about the progression of the sport, or or do you miss those clotheslines down the lane? I missed the close lines down the game, man. I just felt like I'm serious, man. I just felt like it was just a men's league. Yeah. I mean, it's and I'm not taking a shot at these young guys. I mean, they're playing within the rules that they set, right? And I would say the skill level of these guys are like tremendous, right? And obviously if you played that kind of rough, tough kind of basketball, you probably wouldn't be able to see a lot of these kids' skills on display, which I like I said are magnificent. But um, you know, it, you know, I was watching uh, Jermaine O'Neal put up a thing on his uh, Instagram the other day of like showing like the '90s fouls and all that. It was <laughs> yeah. just like you know, and and even when you think about like right now, like they're trying to shorten the season and then they're trying to cut back the backs. It's like 
they're making, they're turning basketball. Basketball at one point was a gladiator sport. You know what I'm saying? To the tune of like the NFL and all that. Like it wasn't as, as vicious as the NFL, but you know, NFL had to respect the grind. You know what I'm saying? Because guys play so many back-to-back games and the way they have the physicality and all that kind of stuff. And now it's just turned into like a, you know, don't touch me, don't touch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, <laughs> which is fun. It's fun to watch. You know what I'm saying? But I just, I don't know. I miss, I miss that old school physical basketball. And I, and I think these guys would like to play it if they could too. You know what I'm saying? But it's just the game has changed. They want to see 150 point averages and that's just, you know, it's cool every once in a while, but to me it's like becoming too much like an all-star game. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to see guys really, I want to see who's tough. I want to see who are the real, who are the real men. You know what I'm saying? See who can right, rise, rise above, you know what I'm saying? That physicality and still be great. Yeah, in a way, it kind of has removed the ability for the sport to self-regulate. Like back then, yeah. if you pulled some shit, someone was putting you on the like Anthony Mason literally had a 10-year career with no shot. And it was just because <laughs> right. he would put you on the ground. The, so the basketball goon uh has gone <laughs> yeah. away. There was you know, there used to be a role for a guy who was just big, maybe get a couple boards, and if <laughs> some stuff went down, he was the one to clear things up. Uh, what you you had a you had a very long career in the NBA. Do you have a particular team, a particular year that stands out? Where uh, you were on that uh, that 2006 2007 Golden State Warrior team. That was a very fun team. Like you were on a, a bunch of teams with a bunch of characters. Had some success. Is there one particular season that stands out above uh, above the rest, or that you really still keep in touch with those guys? Is there one particular season that really that you really connect with in your career? Yeah, I mean, I would think, you know, that we believe, yeah, when we were at Golden State, you know, coming there, you know, me and Steven Jackson being traded from the Pacers to the Warriors and, you know, ending their 13 year hiatus from the playoffs and not only getting to the playoffs, but knocking off the number one seed. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we got traded in, I think, January, early January. And between January and, you know, the end of April, you know, the way that we were able to bond and come together as a team. And then, you know, uh, the success we was able to have meeting, you know, beating, you know, beating the best team in the league. I mean, the, the, the Mavericks that you had the best record in all the basketball and we were able to handle them in the playoff series is definitely a team that, you know, for me always sticks out and just the, the way we were able to come together in such a short time. Like we all literally still keep in contact like to the tune of probably talking at least once a week. And the guy that we don't talk to once a week, we talk to at least once a month. So, uh, you know, that's the one team that definitely sticks out to me. And then obviously my Pacer team is really tight too. me, Jermaine O'Neal, Johnson, Reggie Miller, you know, those are guys that I'm still tight with. And that's probably the team, you know, that is my probably that's the team I had the most success with on the court. So, you know, those two, those two situations, uh, stick out the most. Now, uh, if the NBA, uh, you know, knock on wood here, assuming they are able to finish the season at some point, uh, do you have a? I, I, do you still keep up with the league? Are you are you following it? Are you up to date? Like, do you have any particular teams you see uh, as kind of uh, winning it all? Obviously, Lakers are in there. Uh, the East still seems pretty wide open. What are your thoughts overall? Assuming they're able to finish the season. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I think the West will be moving between the two LA teams for sure. I don't think any other team really pulls up to to either one of them. Um, And on the East, I think that that's where, you know, where all the fun is going to happen, right? All the fireworks, because you just don't know. Like, you would think Milwaukee being the way they're kind of marching through the season, but, 
I always say when you get into these seven-game series and you decide to load up on Giannis and now he's not getting to the rim dunking, you're making him shoot threes and blah, 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 blah. You know, a lot can change. So that's why I'm not so confident that they'll, you know, represent the East. Um, but, you know, teams like Toronto, even though without Kawhi, you know, and hopefully they don't break their momentum being off like this, but a team that plays that hard together defensively, you're not knowing which guy's going to have a big night or teams that, you know, sometimes can be dangerous, you know what I'm saying, especially because of the way they play on the defensive end. And then the other two teams I would say is, uh, you know, Boston and, and Miami. I don't think Philly, Philly's missing some type. They're missing leadership over there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think their two best players uh, aren't leaders. Uh, they're not leaders of men. They may be leaders, but not leaders of men. And there's a big difference, right? So well, and, and, um, and, I think and, until they fix that, you know, I think that Philly will always kind of be on the outside looking in. Yeah, real quick, I am a I'm a big Sixers fan, and as much as it pains me to hear your assessment of the team, I totally agree. And that's I've kind of been against Brett Brown. I was against the whole tanky thing, and and Brett Brown, I think they should have moved on before because you look at Embiid, you look at Simmons, guys, so talented. So they have such a high ceiling and still it doesn't seem like they're able to get the most out of this roster. Obviously a number of injuries, but if you were the head coach of the 76ers, what would you do to kind of fix this team or or what would you say to these guys to to change the dynamic? So first I think you got to go to the organization because I just personally don't think they both can I don't think they can coexist for some reason. Like you would think that they could be like a Shaq and Penny. Yeah. Kind of uh, you know, kind of down there, but it just for some reason is not clicking and you know, my thing is like if I coach the team, like I would literally change the way we play basketball. Like, listen, we're gonna change this thing up. We're gonna play old school basketball. We play it inside out. And be it's a big behind down there in the paint. Dominate the paint, make them double team you, and that's how we're gonna play. You understand what I'm saying? Because he yeah. can make passes, all these different things. So that's why I'm saying, like, maybe, you know, I don't know if that's funny because Ben is such a huge uh talent. Like, you know, I, I always felt like he could be potentially like a LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the talent that I think that he has. So it's always tough to be able to like, you know, get rid of someone like him, but they got to make a decision between them two. For some reason, I just don't know if they can coexist, but you know, the one thing I would do is I would put Joel down there because every time I see him working that paint, he is unstoppable. Like you can't stop the kid. Yeah. Like he can have like a, he can have like a Shaq kind of presence on this league, on this day and age, but you know, he's out there shooting three. So that's where (laughs) I kind of get upset with Brett Brown with like, yo, Coach this kid and get him where he's supposed to be. Get him in the paint. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So, does... I don't know, man. You know, I'm not a coach, so I don't know. This is just in my opinion. <laughs> well, that's cool. You're you're uh, doing great things over with Viola. If you have them at your dispensary, I know you guys are in uh, California, Washington, Colorado, and uh, if not, if you have a recreational dispensary, Oregon. hit them up. Yeah, Oregon it, and Michigan. Oregon and Michigan. <laughs> that's awesome, man. You're yeah. really spreading your wings. Do you have any other uh, any other like plans outside of of the company? Any sort of other business ventures going on? Looking forward to? No, right now I'm just focused on the cannabis space, man. I mean, not enough time in the day now. You know what I'm saying? I wish I could clone me just so I could be even more effective in what I'm doing (laughs) just in these businesses I have currently. But um, no, you know, I just uh, you know I just got my cannabis thing going. You know, some real estate stuff, but nothing really to announce right now. Now I, I gotta ask one last question. As a fellow native of New Jersey, uh, I believe are you from Union County? I grew up in, in Union County, New Jersey. Also made the migration. 
I'm from Essex County. I grew up in oh. Orange, New Jersey, but I moved to Union County. I lived in Roseville for high school. Right next door. Grew up in Fanwood. <laughs> uh, they have a train station. You've probably passed through before. Also made the migration out to California. When you go back east, does it still blow your mind how far behind the the weed, the cannabis culture is on the east coast? Yeah, it, it is crazy, but it's opportunity. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there's New Jersey, Maryland. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Well, not only that, it just seems like for for a place that is you know, the South has its reputations for not so positive things all the time. And the, and the Northeast doesn't catch a lot of that stuff, but there's a lot of closet anger in the Northeast Yeah, and a, cl- a lot of people who are very, need to relax a little bit, very unwind. conservative, liberal conservatives, you know? And I think the idea of marijuana is still taboo for a lot of people on the East coast, strangely enough, which is why I, I'm very excited because we need more companies like like Viola, more ambassadors like Al Harrington to represent not only weed, Sean, but the great state of New Jersey. Kind of. <laughs> there kind you of. go. Coming yeah, full circle. Sure. Make sure I you agree. check out uh violabrands.com for your cannabis needs and uh give Al a follow on Twitter as well at Cheddar Cheese Seven. Uh at Cheddar Cheese. Cheddar man at Cheddar cheese seven <laughs> and uh, yeah. Violabrands.com. Al appreciate your time and uh, best of luck, dude. Yeah. Best of luck. And thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. Thanks brother. I appreciate you guys. You guys uh, have a fun quarantine. Awesome time. Hanging out with our boy, Al Harrington, friend of the program. Now I just looked up uh, while we were talking, my local dispensary does have Viola products, Ryan. So I'm going to be going there. And before I uh, before I enjoy the Viola products, I'm getting nice and clean, taking a shower, <laughs> smelling good. Never been more important. If you're hanging out with your wife, contained, locked down, 24 hours, your kids, whatever it is, you want to smell good. Okay, do your wife, your partner, whatever it is, do them a favor. Don't smell horrible in quarantine. You still want to get that quarantine action? Shower, <laughs> use body wash, customized cologne best part about it. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to go to Walgreens to get your cologne, your body wash, your shampoo. Hawthorne.co will deliver them right to your house. You take a fun two minute quiz. Hawthorne gives you customized colognes. Do you really want to go to Walgreens? If you don't have to right now, of course not. I was pumping gas and I saw a guy leaving Walgreens, just the essentials, Ryan, two giant cases of monster energy drink. <laughs> Stacked up on each other. That guy, he probably smells. Didn't get any body wash. Maybe he has Hawthorne already delivered to his house. Custom colognes. Never smelled better. And uh, check him out. Hawthorne.co. Use our promo code SGP. 10% off your first purchase. H A W T H O R N E.co. And use our code SGP to get 10% off your purchase. Hawthorne.co. Well, that stomach bile they put in that crap definitely makes you the smell. Taurine or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, there's a lot of uh I mean, it's the reason that most your your average run of the mill computer nerd smells like shit. Is it is it the energy drinks? Um, I've um, been learning a lot about what's in code red now that I'm in esports. I cashed <laughs> my first uh Are there like legal limits of code red? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a tracker? Like they put the tracker on the uh the the soccer and NBA players. Do they do that on the esports players to measure sugar consumption? <laughs> I just imagine a Chip Kelly of esports, the coach who's like <laughs> measuring their urine, making them drink healthy shakes. Oh, green coffee. 
I, I, I forget what it was. It was like a friend of a friend. This is like a classic LA story. His job was to manage one of these esports teams. Wow. And he says they, they have them in a in like a mansion. They're all living together. And he says, you think I'm joking, but nutrition and sleep are a big part of their thing. They have a private chef, like making them eat healthy meals. And they're just so addicted to Mountain Dew and just eating horrible. I mean, you kind of do that anyway, when you're, when you're in your twenties, but when you're like a gaming addict as well, they just get but I mean, these are sports franchises, Sean. They gotta, you know, they exactly. gotta spend the money. They gotta get the edge. You know, it's, that's not part of the salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Ryan, we owe it again. While we're locked down, we're gonna be doing uh, our DGen wellness checks, and then we're gonna close things out with a lock dog tease weed experiences edition. Oh, okay. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, let's hear. Uh, let's check in on the DGen wellness hotline. Of course, if you guys want to give us a ring. At any point, you're feeling, you're feeling tempted to maybe read a book or spe- go on a hike, spend quality <laughs> time with a loved one. You're like, no, I need to call the DJ wellness line. I'm a DJ. I'm not a, I'm not a guy who experiences the outdoors or eats healthy. Or I, I need, I need action. I need to talk to someone. If you feel tempted, uh, give us a call three two three two five five zero zero five seven three three two three two five zero zero five seven three. The DJ wellness hotline also available for texts. Yeah. So if you're feeling a little shy about hearing your your name on the uh, you know hearing your name on the podcast, you don't want it there. That's fine. But yeah. <laughs> also, if you just are really pissed off and need to scream at someone, yeah, if you want to for bench. thirty to sixty seconds, <laughs> which we can't stress that enough. Sometimes people get drunk and ramble. We appreciate that. Just cut the rambling off at one minute. It makes our job a little bit easier. Yeah. Just nice concise point. Here we go. Hey, Sean Ryan. Uh, called a couple times. Pretty tough time. My local casino place pays three to two. Close for two weeks. That's when you know you're in tough times when the casino closes. Welcome last straw. Casino closing. Sports done. I mean, all you have to do is draft. All you have to focus on is draft trades. No action. At least we got the bites bracket. Tough time. Stay strong. I try to stay positive, but tough time. Stay strong, boys. Roughneck figure. Oh hell yeah! I don't mean to laugh, but that did sound like a message that would have been like received in a zombie movie. Like, <laughs> stay, stay strong. It's uh, da- it's day thirty five. We're eating Twinkies. Wait, what is that? Uh, with um, John Goodman is it or uh, what's the what's the movie about? Uh, oh, the, the alien, uh, the invasion movie. Eighteen Cloverfield or ten Cloverfield Lane or something like that. Yeah, Cloverfield Lane, definitely a, a good movie Ooh. to watch. I don't want to explain too much because I I feel no, like just, maybe Sean, people literally have nothing to do. Just no, t- uh, yeah, it's ten Cloverfield Lane. Don't want to say anything about it, but perfect movie to watch right now in these times. Th- that's actually something we need to start do- every episode. We need to start giving some sort of recommendation. Well, and I'm only in episode one, but game of Thrones, just watch <laughs> the first episode. Enjoyable. I still have not watched breaking bad. This might be the time. I mean, Ryan, what are you doing? <laughs> breaking bad is awesome. You're, you haven't, you haven't even watched. Um, I, I don't watch the TV, Irishman. Bro. 
I've watched more movies in the past couple days than I have in the past two years. Dude, watch the Irishman. Okay, it's I, fucking ridiculous. You're I, embarrassing. I was gonna watch Ford versus Ferrari next. No. <laughs> I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. That's it, for choosing Ford versus Ferrari <laughs> over the Irishman. Are you kidding me? Just watched Knives Out. That was pretty solid. All right. <laughs> we'll close things out with our lock dog teas weed experiences. A couple more people we got to give a shout out to. Get to give a shout out to Ace per head. That's right. I tweeted out Ace per head. Perfect time to start your online sports book. Someone joked like, "LOL." But really it is because you want to have that book ready to go once sports comes back on. Okay? Cuz there's going to be a day it'll probably come out of nowhere with there a light switch and goes, "Hey guys, sports are back. We have 19 different games going on. MLB, NBA, and and NFL uh preseason games. Hopefully not that mm. long, but whatever it is, there's going to be a switch. Everything's going to be happening. You want to have your sports book ready to go. And again, they do have an online casino, blackjack, etc aceperhead.com slash SGP. They get you set up. It's very easy. You get up to six weeks free and uh, yeah, uh, you don't have to know how to set up a sports book. You don't have to know how to even play blackjack. They'll set you completely up aceperhead.com slash SGP up to six weeks free prop swap propswap.com. Use that promo code SGP. Again, they're running this limited offer. Load up that prop swap account. Futures will be turned on. Uh, in the few coming weeks here and propswap.com best place to buy and sell futures. They, they had that issue where everyone who bought futures that couldn't cash it out. They did the good karma thing and uh, returned the money. That just shows kind of what an awesome community propswap.com has going. And just the, uh, a lot of times they say there's no honor among thieves, but apparently there's honor among DJs because big time everyone did the right thing, returned the ticket. They're getting some sweet karma. And again, you're going to have a chance to buy a ticket at a greatly reduced price. You could be getting a free thousand dollars from the government. Why not invest it over at propswap.com? Hundred dollars turns into two hundred dollars when you use our promo code SGP. Propswap.com, promo code SGP. Happy birthday! Lock, dog, and tease, Ryan of Weed Experiences. Wow. And of course, this is to if you didn't hear the previous episode where we've done this, lock dog tease to non-sports related things. Lock is, of course, something that you definitely know nothing's gonna go wrong. Dog is a little bit of risk, but there's there's some reward. You have a pretty good chance of hitting it. Uh, not completely off the reservation. Tease is something you're really stretching for, but most certainly something along the line is gonna fail and you're gonna get screwed. Kramer, would you like to start? No, I'm batting cleanup on this one. Sean. Okay. This is my fucking This wheelhouse. is your wheelhouse for my lock. Pre-roll joint. Mm. Pre-roll joint. It's always it's always simple. Again, right now you can if you're worried about sharing a, a weed piece with someone, you can just smoke your own pre-roll. They actually make mini pre-rolls which are perfect. Yeah. They're like half the size of a regular joint. You can pick them up in the stores. They come in a cool little uh, tiny pack. Uh, if Iola makes them, grab some of those. I know they do a ton of pre rolls, so check them out. Once they figured out how to have robots roll joints, the tiny joint is perfect because you never fit. Like, there's no 
here's my especially problem. Especially if you're in if you're just one person. I'm the guy who, you know, I'm going to Jersey Mike's, I'm getting the jumbo sandwich. I eat <laughs> I eat three quarters and I'm like, well, it's not gonna be as good left over. I might as well eat it now. I apply yeah. that same logic to the joint. That can be dangerous. Sean, my lock. I assume you were done talking about the pre roll. Yep. It's also very organic of you. I think I took a different approach with this exercise because I did activities. Oh, okay. Well, that uh, or works like too. kind of full encompassing things and and so things to do while you're high. It's like very well, but but also how to get there. So uh, <laughs> what I'm gonna do? <laughs> Can classic stoner. Uh, so with a um, this is more of a, a late afternoon. So uh, dinner happens. You maybe go a little lighter on the dinner. I'm going to recommend a uh, salad with some form of a uh, starch veggie combo. Light on the starch though, but maybe like a little pasta with some marinara, a little sides, maybe a, a good size salad. And then um, I'm going to recommend 40 to 50 milligrams taken in the form of chocolate covered coffee beans. Mm. Little, uh, you know, I don't 40 milligrams. You said 40 to 50. <laughs> uh, if and you're this an is amateur, your we'll go to t- hold on. We'll g- if you're an amateur, let's call that uh, around 10. Okay. And then what you're going to do, cause n- you don't want to have that post dinner espresso. You you pop the beans. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go watch the movie trolls with your kids. <laughs> Guaranteed enjoyment by everyone. If you're yep. an adult and you want something a little bit more adult to watch, don't be ashamed to watch Avatar. Uh, the right amount will just unlock. You will be flying through space. So my lock, especially if you are in a family, if you've never seen the movie Trolls, uh, sober, it's one of the worst movies you can watch, but uh, extremely stoned. Like Justin Timberlake is fantastic. The visuals are awesome. So that is going to be my lock. Okay. (laughs) For my dog, I went with the 25 milligram edible because I I take, I want to be there for that. Sean to me, honestly, the lock is I, I, there's these like five milligram gummies, half of that one yeah. of those half be- before I go to sleep. That's perfect. What that's, is that? That's it's a perfect. I'm not an insane cannabis <laughs> consumer, right? 25 milligram. That's like, that's my Vegas dose where I'm really pushing the limits of where things start getting a little slippery. <laughs> like reality starts getting a little slippery right on the edge. I'm not going to pull like a Decker and be like, all right, I'm going to the room and lose my mind, but I'm getting close. I might lose my mind and it becomes a negative experience. 25 milligrams for me again, lightweight compared to probably a lot of our listeners and you Ryan. but that's, that's the dog dosage for me. What was your dog activity? My dog activity was to make your own oil or butter and then use that to make brownies. Hmm. The reward here is you have delicious homemade oil that you turned into brownies. The risk here is that your kids Mm. grab one of the brownies when you're not paying attention. (laughs) I don't know what this would be like, but could you imagine a 12 year old who ate a weed brownie for the first time? I wouldn't recommend this, but if you wanted to have fun with a dog, 
<laughs> no, don't don't feed your dog. I'm not saying not feeding good. kids. I'm saying making brownies. You like oh, ha- fun with your dog. Okay, I get uh, the dog activity. Last for me. No, the- no, don't feed the dog edibles. If you if you want to give your dog a little reprieve, they make a lot of CBD stuff for dogs. Yeah. My dog also, used to get high as shit off that. Just a little like if you, if you do have Sean's lock and you and you're enjoying a pre-roll, just a you know, a little uh, you know, regurgitate some of that smoke in your dog's ear. <laughs> Completely unproven, but they seem to like it. All right. I I give my dog a little bit of beer. But again, if you're <laughs> if you're the SBC. Oh, I didn't know your dog's into killing its liver. I just, you know. My tease, right? Okay. My tease. This is something that sounds good on paper, yep. but what could go wrong? And something always does. For me, that is doing a dab with a guy named Hippie Man. There is a <laughs> uh, comedian in Colorado. Uh, he's a funny. He's a funny comedian. He's like an older guy, and his whole thing is like that. He's a hippie, uh, also into dabbing. So dabbing with a guy like that seems like a fun experience, but you're just there's just too many variables and something could go wrong. AKA probably going to freak out. Dad's too intense for me. We are on the same page here because my tease is also the dab. Oh, I know a lot of people like this is the time. Maybe we experiment with something (laughs) a little harder. You go to the store, you get the kit, you get the blow torch, you get the nice little dab machine. Here's the problem with the dab. If you don't know what you're doing, if you're not a medical professional or know how to use an acetylene blowtorch, <laughs> it's well, Hey, yeah, that's dangerous, but you can vet over prescribe this. The first time I did a dab w- was with a guy who basically a hippie man, um, lo- local LA uh, friend of the show Jacobs. Yeah. And I, I coughed for six hours. <laughs> so I felt really good the entire time, but how do you explain to the kids just coughing for six hours? They're going to think I got the coronavirus. Exactly. So, Don't want that quarantine daddy. Dabbing is definitely going to bite you in the ass. It, it might be like, well, this is super easy. Like, I feel like a pro. I got this cool little nerdy case that I hold carry it in. Now everyone's put gonna- it in my fanny pack. Sean, by the way, we have not talked about this on the sports gambling podcast. Sure. Do you own a fanny pack yet? Yes. Oh my goodness. Why? Okay. I I thought I thought we could have a safe conversation about this fanny pack trend. Well, here's the thing. I I'll say <laughs> I don't <laughs> I own a fanny pack because I got it as a gift from a TV show okay. I was working on. They gave out fanny packs, and for me what I do is I use it when I walk the dog, I keep dog treats and mm, okay. uh, dog shit bags in there. So it's not something I'm walking okay. around town with a stylish <laughs> fanny pack. It's just easier than putting poop bags in. You got two dogs. Maybe they're doing two to four. Sh- like sometimes they wow. should. <laughs> if you go on a long walk, your dog might shit a ton. It's just it's a convenient carrying thing. Um, but I don't wear it like I, I put you. my wallet in my back pocket. All right, yeah. Ryan. Well, and that's we're talking what... to old school Billy Sean Green here. I'm not. Yeah, you know, the it's an easy way to keep dog treats in because I don't care. It gets dog treat crumbs all over it and stuff like that. It's kind of the perfect. Throw away. I, you know, one of the things I think I've been a little out of touch with society on is that, and I, you know, more time on the internet. I'm seeing all these companies selling fanny packs. I couldn't believe it. Who knew? Look out for the custom the fucking 80s all over again. Custom SGP fanny pack. <laughs> Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. Thank you guys as always. Let's get some five star reviews. You're yep. quarantined. Get, get, grab a little merch. slash merch. Throw us a bone for the Al Harrington interview. We had a guy talking about how he was high playing the playing in the big three. 
What more do you want, listeners? We're here cranking out the content because that's how much we care about you guys. And we should also tell you to keep an eye out for the various feeds. We Ooh. may be we may be coming to your home uh in, in some different ways over the next couple of days. So she, if you want to check it out, just keep an eye out. Stay subscribed, stay active, and keep living that hashtag Dejins only lifestyle that everyone Hashtag Dejans only is on board with for the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green and he is Ryan. Just want to give a shout out, a shout out. I'm predicting a victory here, but shout out to my man, Justin Decker. I'll be joining you in the elite eight Kramer. Let it ride. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.